like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for chess masters with poker faces. Aha, uh-huh, the game mashup we didn't know we needed. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> it's super yes, sleuth day. It is. <laughs> Karen, I saw you said that and I was like, it is? Oh, it's like not an official day. Like in our world, it's super sleuth day. I get it. It's the most wonderful time of the year super sleuth (laughs) super sleuth day (laughs) and today everyone we are so excited to finally be discussing the final gambit by jennifer lynn barnes which if you did not know is the third and final ish tbd novel in the excellent ya trilogy the inheritance games which we love big time i should also note too that this book was chosen as our next super sleuth read, not by us, Kelly, but by our yes. patrons on Patreon. So thank you all for voting. Yes. We like we didn't even put our thumb on the scale on this one. So No. I wanted yeah, to, but just, I didn't even need we to. Just do what the people want. <laughs> so generous. <laughs> just give and give. <laughs> here for the people. <laughs> well, Kelly. Though it is not a Nancy Drew day, I do have an opening thought for you and also me to ponder. I would love it. I would love to hear it. Great. Well, we'll probably discuss this more, but in the world of the Inheritance Games, the final gambit, uh-huh. the Hawthorne estate, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I will. Tobias Hawthorne, each year of his life, added a new, I won't say wing, but a new thing to the house. Is that fair to say? It was like, we're going to tack on a bowling alley this year. Yeah, every, every year he added a, a thing. There mm-hmm. was major construction, a new project. Yes. And my question for you is, if this was your house and it was year number one and everyone's looking at you saying, what are you going to tack on this year mm. to your veritable Winchester mystery house? I was just going to say, this has got to be Winchester inspired, right? Oh, for sure. What would you add and why? <sighs> okay, follow-up question. Do do I live in my current house and therefore bound by the constraints of like where my neighbor's houses lie? Or am I in my own like starter Tobias Hawthorne mansion? Oh, yeah, yeah. The latter, for sure. Okay. Um, let's see. Probably like a gigantic sewing room (gasps) that was like built to be a sewing room, like natural light. I would want, you know, plugs everywhere. I don't know, you know, an ironing board or something, (laughs) but but like a a custom designed sewing room. And, like, big enough you could have a long-arm sewing machine. Yes. I could have all the gear because I have no budget. I could have everybody come over and play with me, and we would all have plenty of room. I love Um, that. Yeah. I would have a special, like, glassed-in area for For, Ollie. Oh, for Ollie. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. <laughs> so that he could be in there with me but not torment me. Yes. It's very difficult to sew with a cat, as I'm sure you know. I, as a person who does things with yarn, I yeah. concur. Yeah. It's, uh, how do they know it's like the one thing we don't want them to mess with? <sighs> it's like, no. They're, it's like, I don't even know the word for it. They can't help it. No, it's it's instinct. They're like, I'm, I have instinct. to kill bird and yarn. It's <laughs> what I am here to do. And my mom's uh, feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the salt of her tears. <laughs> um, what would what would you do? This is a great question. I had longer to think about this than you because I wrote the question, so. and. It, it was like a little bit hard to decide because there's already so much stuff in the, the Hawthorne mansion that I would want. Like they have a bowling alley. They have a full-on movie theater. Those would be mm-hmm. two at the top of my list. Also on page one, they talk about how there are five full-on libraries in the house. So like mm, lots yeah, of Yeah, you needs. would get your Beauty and the Beast library for sure. Yeah, like lots of needs are already met by the current build. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I decided I would want is a roller skating rink. <laughs> Ooh, your very own Castle Skateland. Exactly. Exactly. And for, for folks who don't know, Castle Skateland is a... <laughs> it's iconic. A facility in our... A facility? <laughs> ...hometown that is literally shaped like a castle. And it's yeah, a roller it's, skating rink. And it, and it is apparently like poppin still really yes we passed there the other day and i was with mom and dad and i was like oh my gosh castle skateland still looks amazing like i still want to go in there at 40 years Mm. old and they were like oh yeah it's quite the place to be still like i'm like well i want to go i'd i'd I'd, i mean i'd go hang out at castle skateland but i don't really want to skate i just want to talk about boys and eat lemon flavored italian ice with those little wooden spoons oh god i can smell the pizza i just yeah i love it i also would use my roller skating rink to like start my own roller derby team and then we could like Mm. practice and like hang out and do cute stuff it'd be great yes i love it all anywho all right well just you know one 64 billion dollar lottery away karen (laughs) (laughs) so right around the corner (laughs) totally achievable goals (laughs) Well, my darling sister, what yes. have you been up to in the past two weeks? Oh, Karen, I really just kind of working. I mean, I think I'm sure many people are kind of in this mode, but I, I know you are. Like, as we get approach the holidays, I'm looking forward to having time off. Mm, but yes. the world also shuts down for like 10 to 14 days. And so I'm like scrambling frantically to do everything I need to for all of December and all of the things that I need to for the first like half of January that I would normally be doing in the second half of December. So it's fine. I'm just, I'm a little like, I'm a little whelmed. I, un- oh, I'm sorry. I hate being whelmed. It's and okay. I, and I like, I'll be fine. I'm just like, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm just, I'm just whelmed and I'm a little burnt out. So my Maybe I'm offering all of this as like a pre-defense mechanism. I shouldn't do that. I should just say the thing. <laughs> just um, say the thing. I, where is this going? <laughs> so I've been reading. I All I can kind of tolerate with my little fried brain right now is rereading Twilight. 
I love so Tom I'm Hardy. on I'm on book four. Okay. And I I mean they're they're so good. Like they're not good, but they're so enjoyable. They are. <laughs> There's something comforting about Twilight. It's like there a, is. a familiar hug. It is. And I just I like need small words and like very <laughs> Very, like, straightforward philosophical quandaries. Like, I don't need to think big thoughts. I just kind of want to decide, like, would I become a vampire or would I marry a werewolf? Like, that's kind of where I am in terms of decision-making ability right now. I think that's very fair. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, hmm, that's, that's a thinker. Also, the correct um, answer is become a vampire, in case you're still perplexed. Is, is it? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Like, I'm more and more Team Jacob on this reread than I was on the last one. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Edward gets better in the later books, but in the first couple of books, he's, like, patently unlikable. <laughs> I'm like, what's up with this? That's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, so he's cute, but, like, what's so, so's that werewolf, and he's actually nice, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, um, I mean, a lot more hair involved there, I think. Yeah, true, but, true. You know, you he gotta get used a, anything, right? You're gonna need a Roomba. <laughs> I'm going to get a fleet of Roombas for my werewolf husband. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Also, speaking of vampires, I just have to share this story with you because I thought it was... I, I have a pretty... Or used to. I'm not nearly as bad as I used to be. But I used to have a pretty intense needle phobia. Oh, God. <clears throat> I'm aware. <And> so, <laughs> yes, for, for our listeners, Karen got chucked under the bus hard most of our lives like up to like four or five years ago when it came to needles and who had to like go first i was always um, like well i'm four but i'll do it <laughs> i guess i'll just go i mean while she <laughs> returns to being able to breathe again <laughs> while mom and four doctors go like extract her from around a pipe in the bathroom i'll just get my flu shot yep fine. yep <laughs> so I had to get blood drawn last week, and oh, I'm I was so like, sorry. You hate just, that. You know, "Yeah, it's not my favorite." But I was like, "Whatever, it'll be over fast." So, like, I, I go to get in line for for a lady to draw my blood, and uh, I get up to her door, and she has this an actual sign, like it's not like a print off the printer, like laminated thing. Like it was purchased. It looked like something you would get from like Home Goods or something. Okay. A full sign over top that said Dracula's Pub. Stop it. (laughs) I started laughing so hard, which was probably a combo of, like, hadn't eaten anything all day. I was kind of nervous. And then that actually did make me laugh really hard. And um, it made the whole thing slightly less horrible. So I love this story that I... to Jill at Dracula's Pub. (laughs) I'll have a... I'll have a red one neat <laughs> she she had a red one with a red one chaser and then like two sidecars of red ones like <laughs> i was like are you done yet like i i'm not like i wanted to say i'm not producing this stuff but i guess i am so but not at that rate i was like jill slow down did like, you get a save cookie? something for next time uh no i got a bottle of orange juice that's good and, which was good because i was actually a little worried i was gonna pass out um it tasted so bad. Like, have you ever had bottled juice that you're like, oh, that's what petroleum tastes like? <laughs> like, you can just taste the plastic. 
No, girl, I eat garbage on the regular. <laughs> I do not have a refined palate. Karen's like, uh, can I have a little dash of petroleum on this garbage I'm eating? I had a bag of microwave popcorn and a handful of Twizzlers for lunch, so like the bar is on the That's ground. Better than what I had. I had a bowl of bean soup and like a donut. Oh, that's super legit. <laughs> it was delicious, but yeah. Oh, anyway, pub. I pub. love that. And my final note is I'm currently having a cocktail um, that is pretty delicious. Maybe I, this is a new to me thing, but um, there is a cranberry ginger ale available. Okay. And it's real tasty with whiskey is it manufactured by canada dry it is i yes, could it picture is. it mm-hmm. so yeah i am not making a kickback from canada dry but yeah cranberry ginger ale that sounds very festive i shall pick some yeah. of that up at the store thank you so much for the recommendation You're so welcome um this concludes my announcements what have you been up to lately i sister have been watching holiday horror movies because is that a thing oh yeah <laughs> really it is an entire genre really oh yeah there are so many horror movies that are set in the holidays these oh. holidays specifically and i'm not sure i love that i think you would actually okay maybe i w- okay so i watched one last night it is a french film it is called French. the uh, Fran- francais it is called the advent calendar and okay. it was so scary, but it was so good. Uh, was, so ba- it, was it on Francais? Oui. Oh, how do they say advent calendar in French? I, I actually don't know, which I feel really okay, bad I about. I just because... read the captions. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched this whole thing, and I'm like, I didn't learn how to say the name of the movie. Okay, um, well, like one sentence plot it. So, young woman... She is a paraplegic because she had a horrific accident. Mm-hmm. Her best friend comes back from Germany with a gift. And it is this big wooden antique advent calendar that has an old timey brass key. And on each day you unlock the section and there's a piece of chocolate you have to eat. But there So are- far this sounds very much like the hallmark the advent calendar so. oh it's not though because <laughs> there are all of these warnings when you st- when you start the advent calendar that's like if you eat one you have to eat them all or you will die and she's like oh, okay so each day they're like shaped differently and looked slightly different and all of oh, this God. stuff and things- is this gonna scare our children and cars listeners no but things happen related to each piece of chocolate that she eats. And she starts realizing that every like five days, there's a piece of chocolate that is related to something about walking. And oh. she may be able to walk again after having consumed all of this chocolate if she goes through with it. But this sounds like a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> But it's um, spooky. I do not want to watch that. It's really <laughs> good. I right loved now. it. I loved it. It would freak me way out. I, I think I'd rather it. go back to Dracula's pub. But yes, to our children listening in cars, this is not for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> watch the one Kelly recommended, the Advent Calendar from Hallmark. Yes. <laughs> yes, which is adorable and lovely and 
may or may not be the one that has Luke from Gilmore Girls in it. I can't remember. Anyway. Luke. Um, my only other update is that because it is the end of the year, I am racing the clock to meet my reading challenge, which last Ooh, year. What was, what was your goal? So last year, I think I did 52 and I ended up reading 95. And so I was like, perhaps I should set the bar a bit higher for myself. So I set mm-hmm, it to mm-hmm. 60 and mm-hmm. I'm only at 56 as of today, which I'm well, a little... you were kind of MIA with your move for a couple of months. Like, Thank cut you yourself some slack. That. Basically, from May through September, I was ensconced in purchasing a home and relocating across the country. So reading did not happen for a few months in the middle of the year. So now I'm making up for lost time. But I think, I think I'm going to make it. Well, you just got another one under your belt with this one. I did. And today's the 20th, so I have 11 days left, and I only need to read four more books. Like, I can oh, do that, right? Okay. You can do that. That's easy. <sighs> I, I, Karen, not to, like, steal your thunder on this note, but I, I, I gotta say, like, a little bit of a self-brag here. For somebody like me who has not read very much at all the past probably 15 years... I read over 90 books this year. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even count my Nancys in there. What What do you think put the wind back in your sails? I don't know. I, I just, I, I think it was mostly just kind of rebuilding the habit of it. Yeah. Um, I told myself that when I like got in bed at night, rather than watching TV or watching a movie on my laptop or whatever, that... I had to read first. Like, I didn't tell myself I had to read for a certain amount of time or I had to read a certain amount of pages or anything, but, like, I had to read before I could watch a movie or whatever. And I just got into my books again, you know? So, anyway, I I love it. It's been fun. Also, to brag on you for you, you're not reading, like, little flippity dippities. Well, neither are you. <laughs> You're reading, you read like the whole Outlander series this year. Those books are like a billion pages long. Like you crushed it. Thank you. Like, I mean, I, I won't say, you read much more, um, you read a lot more, I would say like, not literature isn't the right word, but like thought provoking, like bar pushing works of fiction. I don't know about that, Kelly. You do. And, I, and I'm and i over here reading, you know, like 3,600 pages of Outlander, which I'm not upset about. Outlander is but... the best. <laughs> Outlander is amazing. Also, I did not read the whole series. I read the first four, I think. And then That's I was still... like, all right, I got to like tea for time on Outlander a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Jamie Fraser. Uh, Jamie. The Bless his heart. Oh, my gosh. Well, Jamie, speaking I was of, like, is there a point when he like flash forwarded into like 2022 and I'm going to walk into Kroger and he's just going to be in the frozen food section, like marveling over <laughs> Stouffer's frozen lasagna? Electricity. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, Claire, did you see this? <laughs> they put the elk in the freezer for you. I don't know. I can't do the accent, but. I didn't think it was perfect. I loved it. You're going to get a, you're going to get an email from stars asking if you want to be in the next season <laughs> be like we need some voiceover work done and you've really nailed that scottish accent um you sound exactly like what we think a scottish person in kroger would sound like <laughs> i i would subscribe to whatever this content is 
Well, okay, so speaking of what we're reading, it is time for... Recommendation station! Woo-woo! <laughs> Do you have any I, recommendations? I almost I started to cough a little bit on the second woo. <laughs> um, so, have you heard about the, the series called Twilight? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I'm still on that. So, um, <laughs> I don't have a recommendation, but I'm excited because I'm going to read the new one, which is called Midnight Sun next. Ooh, uh, and I, I think- haven't read that one. I'm pretty sure it's just basically the first book from Edward's perspective. Okay. Which, on the one hand, sounds a little boring, particularly because I just reread Twilight. But I got to say, I'm actually really curious to hear Edward explain why why Bella is great and, like, the most pursuable woman on the face of the planet and not actually the most boring human alive. That's a really strong argument for reading that book i am yeah, in. i'm just curious i'm like explain yourself <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait to learn more <laughs> so anyway that's where i'm at how about you recommendation woo woo um mine is a tv show Ooh, a bold choice that is not new but i just for some reason this weekend i started watching pan am for the first time hmm. it is i have not watched that so good is it like 1940s Pan Am? Yes. Yes. Mm, so like we're all like in our little our little like airplane suits and like it's with like our little like airplane ma- luggage. The Mad Men of the Sky. The Mad Men of the Skies. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Kelly. Don Draper in flight. There's so much more. Like there are spies. One of the Pan Am agents Ooh. was a spy. And like, oh of God, it's are. so fascinating and there's the the historical context of it and also let me tell you i would not be scared of flying if i was flying in those days like air travel they were like you could get up and walk around from your seat to like go sit in the lounge area mid-flight they're like okay so this i have follow-up questions now okay so that makes it seem like you're i'm like you would be less afraid of flying in the night like 70 years of airplane <laughs> technology ago. Actually, because they I take have it all a lounge. Back. I don't know. It just looks I'm like, is it the so... peanut to cocktail ratio that's throwing you? It just looks very like pleasant. Chic. Yes. You're like very well attended to. You're fed well. People are very mm-hmm. nice to you. Everybody's smoking. You're not crammed in like a piece oh, of ham in a worst. hot pocket. Like. You're just like chilling out, reading your magazines. Well, that's the title of the episode, folks. <laughs> piece of ham in a hot pocket. Like a piece, writing it down. Please hold a ham <laughs> in a hot pocket. Is that the kind of hot pockets you would gravitate to? I love a ham. If and you were, hot if pocket. you were Jamie Fraser in a Kroger, you would be like. What is this hot pocket situation? You'd be like, ooh, one with ham. He yeah, would have like the, I think Jamie would have like the boar and haggis hot pocket. I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> anyway, Pan Am. This show is old. You did not hear it here first, but it's so good. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. I have not seen that. I love you it. Had me at, you had me at Mad Men of the Skies. <laughs> Should we talk about the book that we all came here to talk about? We should. And just as a reminder, because we've been talking for so long, we're talking about The Final Gambit by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Huh? 
Isn't this a Nancy Drew show? Nope, not today. <laughs> okay, Kelly, I have a couple of things that I just want to whet your appetite with. Um, <laughs> as you know, this is the third book in the Inheritance Games trilogy, and I don't know if you were like me. I think most people are not like me in this, but I always read the full acknowledgments at the end of a book. You're a good good person. I just want to know. Don't. Sometimes there's some like good scoop in there, and there was. We were at risk of this book not existing. Excuse me? Yeah. So, like, right off the bat in the acknowledgments, we learned that the author was unsure if the first two books were going to be liked enough or sell well enough that she was even going to get a contract to write the third one or have the no means way. to do it. She was like, I am so glad I got to do this and complete this story. I didn't know if people were going to like these characters enough that this would become a trilogy. Like, can you even handle that we could have been in a world where there where was not know? Right. a third book to this series? No, and I would have been salty about it, honestly. Absolutely. Like I would have I would have been salty. Absolutely. Um, okay, and then also we discussed in previous episodes of this podcast when we read the other two books how amazing Jennifer Lynn Barnes, the author, is. She does everything. She is so smart. She has written a billion books. She has TED Talks. Like, this woman is a, a wow. just, like, genius from another planet. <sighs> she wrote this book, book number three, during the pandemic, during lockdown, after having given birth to an infant human child. <laughs> I'm actually relieved to hear you say it was an infant and a human. <laughs> that was perhaps redundant, but I got my she point gave across. Birth to a six year old cat. <laughs> but like extremely I can't traumatic. Even, Kelly, I fall down the stairs on a regular basis. I can't, like, walk and chew gum, do. as they say. I I don't know how she does the things that she does because this book is so complicated. It's, Tying it into the first two is so yeah. complicated. It's so smart. And well, she's like... And like I, think, I think that's what always... Uh, use your words, Kelly. Like, I always am so astonished by when I read trilogies or you know even even like duos I guess you would call them but like a, a you know a series where clearly the author has had to plan out so many moves ahead to get to where she wound up like yes she knew exactly how she had to have known how this book was going to end before she started writing it and that is like staggeringly impossible to me I know I know I the machinations that went into this plot yes unbelievable very much yeah it was it was great so good good intro karen thank you that's all i have for you (laughs) okay well i believe it's time for today's super fast plot it is time i will say out loud louder than i've ever said it before spoilers everyone spoilers so many spoilers you have been warned spoilers are happening uh if you have not read this book yet and you want to don't listen to the rest of this episode until you've read it (laughs) um also i had to leave a ton of stuff out because this book is full of things everything so i kept this high level um you are not going to pass any pop quizzes on this book if (laughs) my plot overview is all you know about it i am not cliff of cliff notes (laughs) 
this is inaccurate and <laughs> shoddy at best. Uh, Don't and- undersell yourself, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's great. Uh, we'll see. Well, I'm glad you think that because, Kelly, as my first Christmas gift. Oh, no. I would like to ask you, my sister, to please read my essay to the class. Uh, you've had no time to prepare. <laughs> this is your gift to me? This, no, this is your gift. To me. Oh, oh, wait. I said it wrong. As my first gift from you. <laughs> Understood. Okay, that makes more sense. I was like, okay, I don't know if this is like kind of what I was asking for. Check my Ulster list again. Okay. Performance punishment. You've done so good the last time you've read them. It, it feels that way a little bit. But that's fine. I'm happy. I'm happy to give you this gift. Um, do, do you want me to sing the, the intro song? Yes. Super fast plot overview. That's perfect. I forgot we kind of have that song. We do? Yeah. TM. All right. Shall I begin? Please shall. We are approaching the one-year mark of Avery's occupancy at the Hawthorne Estate, at which point she will officially become a multi-billionaire and owner of Tobias Hawthorne's entire milieu of holdings. So of course, things are about to get cray. A young woman named Eve shows up at the estate, who we learn is Toby Hawthorne's biological daughter. Eve says Toby has gone missing and that he said to find Avery if anything happens to him. Eve also looks exactly like Emily, the dead girl that Grayson and Jameson formerly feuded over, and with whom Grayson is still in love. So Grayson is a mess staring at this Emily doppelganger and starts falling under her Titian-haired love spell. Everyone is activated to find Toby ASAP, and mysterious packages with clues start showing up from the person who has kidnapped him. This is Clue Quest numero uno. Simultaneously, Avery receives a final puzzle in a briefcase from Tobias Hawthorne that she must solve on her own. She slowly begins to realize that both clue quests are linked, and there are all kinds of epic, puzzly things that happen to navigate from one clue to the next. The crux of all this? There is an evil oil tycoon man named Victor Blake. Tobias Hawthorne used to work for him, then outsmarted him with some patent trickery and eclipsed him in terms of wealth and power. But that's not why Victor Blake wants revenge on the Hawthorns. Victor Blake had a son named William Blake, like the poet, Obvi, who wanted to avenge his father for what Tobias did to him. Years ago, William Blake snuck his way into the Hawthorne estate and got Mallory Laughlin, the caretaker's daughter, to fall in love with him, even though she was super underage. She got pregnant. He revealed this was all a trick to get intel on Tobias, and in a fit of rage, she killed him. Her father then buried the body in the hedge maze and it was never spoken of again. The baby? It was Toby. So Toby is part Hawthorne, part Blake, part Laughlin, and also part of this whole crazy murder cover-up. This is why he was always so troubled and ended up burning down the house on the island, etc, etc, etc. Oh, also, we find out that Eve, Toby's daughter, is a double-crossing sneaky snake and was working for Blake the whole time to try to win his affection and his estate by taking down the Hawthorns from the inside. She also toyed with baby angel Grayson's emotions, which is her worst crime of all. Avery goes to Victor Blake's compound to try to rescue Toby and Grayson, who sacrificed himself to get lawyer Elisa out of their clutches. Avery is thinking a billion steps ahead and challenges Blake to a series of chess games. 
She basically sharks him by throwing an earlier game with Eve, and as a result gets Grayson back, gets Victor to permanently back off her family, and to never talk about the fact that he knows they murdered Sheffield Grayson in book two. However, Toby is sacrificed in her schemes and has to become Toby Blake, officially, and stay on the compound as part of the family. The one-year anniversary of Avery living with the Hawthorns arrives, she gets all the money, and then promptly reveals she's giving 94% of the wealth away to charity with the help of the brothers and her posse. She also announces the beginning of a yearly epic puzzle game, Willy Wonka style, where the winner will get a life-changing amount of money. Avery and Jameson are like, I love you so much, and travel all around going on adventures and collecting souvenirs. The end. Kelly, that was Karen, so good. Beautifully written. <laughs> clearly, I don't you're know like about that. <laughs> clearly, you're slacking in the reading department with only sixty books this year has not affected your vocabulary. <laughs> I like how you pronounced milieu. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that was. I was trying to read it how you would want me to. It was very français. So, Karen, at the end of that truly epic. Super fast plot. Would you please share with me at this time your general thoughts and musings? Oh, I am honored that you would want to know my opinion on a book. I do. Now, <laughs> let me tell you mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm the younger child. Can you tell? <laughs> um, okay. I was very confused when I started this book. Why? It had been a very long time since I read the oh, second yeah. one. And holy moly, we just started right in the thick of it. Yeah. Characters popping out of nowhere. So yeah. um, I had to watch a bunch of YouTube videos of people <laughs> in depth summarizing the plot of the first two books to yeah. remember everything that had happened. Uh, I will say it is hilarious watching people trying to like recount these stories accurately without notes because uh, <laughs> there's oh, a lot. no. I, I couldn't have written a recap on this book, and I just finished it. Well. Like, a bunch of stuff happened. And... That's why you have me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why you keep me around. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Karen. However, once I was back in the swing of things, thank you to YouTube, uh, I remembered immediately why I love this series. And mm -hmm. I read this book, I kid you not, in 24 hours. I could not Ooh. put it down. Yeah, I read it pretty quick, too. Like, it wasn't 24 hours, but, like, within two or three days I read it. And, again, same, couldn't put it down. Um, also, I will say, I know I talk about audiobooks a lot. The audiobook is very impressive. Uh, one woman narrates the entire thing. They did not do, like, any sort of full cast recording or anything like that. Interesting. And there are so many characters, especially even with, like, the four Hawthorne brothers. Mm -hmm. She somehow manages to make the characters and their voices sound distinct and recognizable. Nice. And not stupid. It was magnificent. Love okay, the Okay, I actually have a question about that. Okay. If I picture, or not picture, but if I try to imagine what the four Hawthorne brothers sound like, the only one that has a Texas accent is Nash. He, they all have a little bit of a drawl. A little bit of a, a little twang. They all have an accent, but he has like a, very yeah. southern. You sound like he just like hopped off a cow. He just lassoed a steer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he just hopped yeah. off a cow. <laughs> I don't know. You put it better. Steer is what I was looking. No, for. you're exact. You're exactly right. Nash <laughs> is the cowboyest cowboy of them all. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's uh, good. I, I love your general thoughts and musings. Shall what are I yours? Share mine now? Yes. I would love to tell you. Um, loved it. End of thought. Um, <laughs> no, I, I loved it. It was like it. She wrapped everything up like there was a button put on everything, but it it wasn't overly precious. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like not everybody got a happy ending and not everything was wrapped up in a in a perfect way, but it was all wrapped up. That's true. It was yeah, it wasn't tidy necessarily. Correct. But we have we have resolution. We have yes, completely agreed. If if there was never another book after this, I would not feel in suspense. Now, if it had ended after the second book, like you said, it almost did. I would have been storming the fortresses. <laughs> I storming the Hawthorne estate. I agree. I agree. Yes. Given that you loved this so much, we should move on to our favorite parts, of which I see we have many to share. Um, would you like to go first and tell me a favorite part that you had for this book? Yes, I I believe we should start with discussing the the conclusion of the semi-disturbing, semi-incestual love triangle. Oh, yes. We would be remiss if we didn't discuss that. So one of the things that kind of got left a little bit up in the air at the end of book two, and that had been going on for all of book one and two, was this whole Avery loves Jameson, also Avery loves Grayson triangle situation. And they both love her. And they both love her, and they've been in this situation before with Emily, who's died, and also we're pretty sure that Avery's not related to both of them, but, like, there's this little thing in the back of our minds that's like, Are we sure? But why would they pick her? Like, could we double check that DNA test? Because this is going to be super uncomfy if it finds out, if we find out she's their sister. So, also, um, I should say, too, that with the the first love triangle, the first time they were in Love Triangle City, <laughs> Emily, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we have come to the conclusion that Emily was not like a shining exemplar of treating people's feelings well. <laughs> a shining exemplar. So she someone was, who thinks they don't read enough. <laughs> she was like very manipulative and was yeah. definitely like trying to get something from both of them and kind of pitting them against each other. She knew what she was doing to both of them and she was doing it on purpose because she liked the competition and how it positively impacted her, which is not great. No, it's not. It's not the best. So I think they're like, oh boy, how did we get in a, like a second love triangle in five years? Like unheard of. <laughs> I mean, what are, maybe you guys need to expand your circle. You, you know? need to make more friends. Yes. You go need to, you need go more to friends. college. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Nash seems to be doing something right. Like, join a book go club. Go borrow a cow, you know? <laughs> join a book club. So I think a they're also... A society. They're, they're scarred because they're, the, the, all this Emily stuff happened and she was, like, not the best. And so they're like, oh, but maybe Avery's not the best. So there's, like, suspicion involved. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just... But she's the most wonderful girl in the world. In the world. Yeah. She is pretty wonderful. I mean, she's she's pretty cool. Like... 
I could yeah, solve fine. a third of the puzzles that Avery solved in this. Yeah, but but last Avery, book. yes, you could. But also, like Avery's also there. True. I mean, sometimes it's you just got to be invited into the mansion. Recency bias. <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't know. So here's 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 an important question though that I have for you. Okay. For, I, I've got many important questions. Number one. Hit me. You and I discussed this at length at the end of the last episode, and I can't remember where we both fell, but do you remember who was shipping who at the end of our last episode? Because I know we disagreed. Yeah, I love Grayson. You were Grayson and I was Jameson. Yes, That's I right. think okay. Grayson. He's just very, he's like an Edward Cullen type of character. Hmm. He's also, I picture him played as. I wonder if Avery has a Roomba. The young sc- <laughs> <laughs> the young Skarsgård brother that you know I love. Like, I, he just is that guy. Like, he's... Yeah, wearing... you, I mean, you you like an emo guy. I love yeah. an emo guy. You're that still... is correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm Karen's like, I'm going to just, like, dust off this Coldplay CD and... Uh... Okay, so Coldplay is not emo, but... <laughs> I know, I know. I was just trying to come up with something that... I think what you were looking for was bright eyes, but I'll let it it go. (laughs) Death cab for cutie press. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Death cab for cutie. Dashboard confessional. Okay. Anyway. Karen, listen. While you were listening to cool music, I was like, does anybody have the box collection of Phantom of the Opera? (laughs) So that's what was happening in our lives. Um, I love you. Uh, Yes. I was. I, I was shipping Grayson and you have been. Who, by the by, is the most emo. He is, and he's so beautiful, and I love him. And you have been consistent. Your heart was with Jameson, and... No, the Phantom of the Opera is the most emo. (laughs) Jameson has prevailed, so (laughs) your instinct was correct. Good job. Yeah, but now I want her to be with Grayson. I do, too. Do you... Okay, do you feel bad for Grayson? Very. (laughs) I do, too. (laughs) I feel terrible for him. And I also, like... There's something about Jameson where I'm like, I just... I, I feel like I need... He's still too much of a puppy. Yes, he's immature. I'm, he's emotionally yeah. immature. I need for the world to, like, bruise him up a little bit. Kind of like Grayson. <laughs> and then and then I'm into it. And now I'm like, oh, but that's just Grayson. So, okay. So, here's, here's my third and final question on this topic. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> so, I felt like throughout this book... There was kind of a repeated innuendo, inference, inference is the word I was looking for, that if Grayson hadn't walked away, kind of admitting that he was not in a place for this, he didn't want to fight with Jameson, he didn't want to, he wasn't like in an emotional place for a relationship, that if he hadn't walked away from Avery and basically let Jameson have her for, I mean, I hate that. That sucks. I, I, but like, I, you know I, what I mean? I know what you're saying. Yeah. If he hadn't like. Taken himself, taken himself out of the mix. Out, yep. Wow. Jinx. Jinx. That Avery would have been with him. Did you pick up on that or was I reading too much into things? Oh, I absolutely picked up on that. And okay. it's like Grayson knows it. Avery knows it and alludes to it, but also Jameson seems to know it mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. He feels very lucky that Grayson bowed out because he's like, I'm not going to, now, now that I've sealed the deal and you're my GF, 
mm-hmm. my forever boo well my <laughs> my current boo like i'm not gonna mess this up because if i if i do and you slip through my clutches you're uh, grayson will be waiting and he is way cooler than me which is correct <laughs> i don't think when you're talking about romance you should ever use the word clutches i think that's maybe a red flag so you i let you slip through my clutches <laughs> clutches um okay well i'm glad it's not just me but like the 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 book seems to indicate that like she made her choice and on the one hand huge props that she made her choice she sticks with it she's like i'm not gonna pit these guys against each other i'm not gonna try to like i i was like please don't cheat on jameson like please don't do that to him and she I, didn't. you're such a better person than me because i was like make out with grayson <laughs> you're like go find that go down to that wine cellar <laughs> i bet there's a clue down there i bet he's swimming again you should go check <laughs> There was a lot of peeping tomming on Grayson in the swimming pool. I know. Bless his heart. Well, okay. So this actually, if I may be so bold, to segue into a favorite thing that I know we share because we <laughs> made the same notes. Um, so Eve is a character in this book. Mm-hmm. Eve is Toby's daughter. Eve happens mm-hmm. to look exactly like Emily. Emily the nefarious. Mm-hmm. The girl that these two sad souls used to love and so as soon as grayson claps eyes on her he's like whisked back to former time and just really struggling um, is it cool if i call you emily and she's like no and he's like that's fine Th- that's okay emily <laughs> <laughs> so like that's really creepy another really creepy thing about emily is that like or sorry another <laughs> now i'm confused another <laughs> creepy thing about this eve character that pops up is that Emily's own mother sees Eve and is like, can you call me mom? <laughs> yeah, no, it's very not cool. Like, can I just pretend that you're my dead daughter? Because And, and you know what? Because Eve is a sneaky snake, as I said in the mm-hmm. plot overview. She goes, yeah, sure. Absolutely, mom. And I'm like, oh, she that's when I knew yeah. she was bad. No, she's she's not. She was not there for the right reasons at all. We went back and forth a lot on is Eve bad? Is Eve good? Avery the whole time is like, I do not trust this girl. Grayson and her get in a fight about it. He's like, you're They get in so many her. fights about it. Yeah. yeah. Grayson is like Team Eve immediately just because she looks like Emily. And I'm like, mm, how quickly they forget. And you know, actually, this reminded me of a very hyper-specific one word that I loved in this book. This is so stupid. But um, when they're having this fight, Grayson says to Avery, you think I've been compromised, like a like a spy or something. He, he's like, you think Eve has compromised me because of my emotions, and I was like, oh, I love that. And mm. in my mind, I was like, you have been compromised. You definitely have been. She got like, to obviously. you. Obviously, you were the worked. most manipulatable boy in the world. It and it totally worked. And that was the one moment that I was like, oh, Grayson, Grayson, hide thyself back to Harvard. You're not done yet. <laughs> Exactly. So he needs to he needs to bake a little bit more. He's got some learning to do. Bake a little bit more. Just a little too a little too tender on the inside. Uh, anywho, oh, Karen, so I'm dead. He needs to bake a little bit more. Over it over it in the Harvard ovens. Um oh my God. So Toby who is I just, like, can't even think of all the names. Toby is Avery's, like, fake father. 
So basically, we have this great scene at the end of the book. Well, and we can dovetail us into talking about the final chess tournament too, but we have this great scene at the end of the book where basically for all the marbles, Mm -hmm. there are these series of chess games that happen and Toby has to play both of his daughters, Eve, Mm -hmm. his biological daughter, and Avery, his kind of like adopted by the world daughter. And his well-being is at stake for this very much yes and would you like to tell everyone what happens kelly i mean toby essentially sacrifices himself so he he lets both of am i saying this right he lets both of his daughters win yes i think think avery kind of like avery won he would have let her win he let eve win for sure and then avery legitimately spanked him at chess but i think he yeah but, let but her he would have anyway. let her win too yep because he loses all of his tournaments he basically gets like sucked back into being toby blake who he never has been toby blake he was adopted as an infant and his father is like i mean i don't guess he technically is I mean, it, it was a, it was not a good situation. His father's dead. His mother is not well. His grandfather is a psycho magnate. I mean, he should be, you know, like standing psycho on a balcony smoking magnate. a cigar, <laughs> counting his Lamborghinis in the morning. I mean, it's just crazy. So anyway, but he's like, I mean, I guess I just live here now and go get him, Avery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he totally takes one for the team. Um, Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, though, so, like, not for nothing, Eve in this deal actually comes out not too shabby. No, I mean, Eve doesn't get what she wants. But, yeah, so go on about that. Say more about that. So Eve basically, through these series of chess tournaments, wins all five of the Blake family's, like, get out of jail free cards that's like yes. and each one of them is a fifth of their entire wealth and she wins all five of those which means she will inherit the entire wealth of the Blake estate which is a big deal which is what she thought she always wanted but then she realizes that Avery set her up and she didn't fairly win the games that she had won she was let to win her two games mm-hmm. and has a meltdown and is like this is basically this is a hollow victory because Mm -hmm. now whenever victor blake this the magnate of the blake household i love that word thank you for that whenever he looks at me he will see you and he'll know that i only have this because you let me win and i've only ever wanted to like prove myself and she so she gets everything she wanted Mm mm-hmm but not the validation. She knows that she didn't get it fairly. And so she's like Beautifully in a put. real dark place at the end of the book. She needs some more baking too. She does. And I, I think yeah. that this is like, she's already a little villainous for sure, but she's like a, like a, a sidekick villain. But I mm-hmm. think this is like her super villain origin story. I think that's, mm. this is what's going to rocket Emily or sorry, Eve into. Yeah like big bad yeah i I agree and you know in addition to the fact that 
she's kind of got like the genetic makeup of some not so great people. Plus she had a terrible upbringing. Um, I think you're right. I think this could be her origin story of a big bad. And I'm really hoping that at some point we get an Avery Eve showdown. I would love that. Yeah. And I, I would be, Oh, I don't know. I love, I love lifetime movies. So maybe this is too much, but I think there's like, I think Avery harbors a lot of ill will towards Emily for breaking sure. Jameson yes. and Grayson's hearts. Mm-hmm. And Eve looks like her. And I just think there's mm. going to be a lot of like turmoil that pops up. A lot of like flashbacks using the same actress. And <laughs> probably somebody's going to die in a swimming pool. That's what always happens in Lifetime movies. You're not wrong. <laughs> there's always a swimming pool involved. Yeah. 100% of the time. I'm going I'm to just say, statistically, that is accurate. <laughs> it is it is true. Everything you've said is true. <laughs> um, okay, I have a couple of random things that I loved. Okay. Um, I loved Xander and his dad. Oh my god, I cried. Talk uh, about me it. Me too. Say so we things. finally we finally meet Xander's dad, who basically had. I don't remember all the details because God, it gets so convoluted. But like. Essentially, his father was, for a time, caught up in all of this Blake Hawthorne craziness, too, like way back in the day. And that's how he met Skye. Yeah, he was like a PhD. He was like a PhD dude, and he worked Mm -hmm. for Tobias. Then he got laid off, and then he worked for Blake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, he left, I think. But long story short, he wanted... Xander. He tried to get full custody of Xander, but they withheld Xander from him because it was the one thing he wanted. So it was all very, very manipulative. So, so anyway, now Xander's dad is like, he's like running this very high end kind of mechanic shop. Um, and you can see just like in their in their exchange, like it's where Xander gets his humor from. And it's also where he gets his mind for mechanics and engineering and like just the way things work and it's really really cool to see and it's nice to finally see one of these brothers have a have like a reconnection with their father and it be a positive thing so that was like yay i loved that Um, too yeah and at the end of the book at the end of the book xander is full-time working at the at the shop. The me- yeah. mechanic shop? <laughs> the I auto mean, body I guess, shop. right? Auto yeah. body He's shop? working with his dad, which is so sweet. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, I had one that I added to this list. Um, I mm. really loved Orin in this book. Uh, oh, the, the security guy. Yes. And I specifically wrote in my notes, Orin is a sweet pea. I love him. Why? Why did you love him so much? He's just always been so, like, brass tacks about everything in the other books and very, like, buttoned up and, you know. You have the best vocabulary. I love you. I don't. I don't know why yes, you think you that. you do. He just, he's always been so intense. And in this book, I've really felt like we saw him care about Avery. Yes. And it was more than just... This is oh my, my job. Right. Like, I worked for this right. crazy dude who's paid me crazy money for a crazy long amount of time to and do security. And now I have security. to protect this 17-year-old. And, and this yeah. is stupid. Like, 
it was very clear that a relationship has developed between them and that he deeply cares about Avery. He deeply cares about the brothers. Um, he humored her several times when she had made decisions that he disagreed with, and he would, like, give her a little beef here and there, you know, kind of mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. or really, like, this is what we're doing. But he he ceded his control to her a couple of times and was like, you know what? You're smart as hell. I trust you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, like, all right, let's let's do it and it's right he was a sweet pea i'm convinced yeah he was very like loving and good and i just orin the security guard 10 Mm. out of 10 (laughs) no notes notes on orin (laughs) um i think we need to discuss the ending (gasps) okay um so what we've kind of been building up to for three books now is Avery is going to inherit like almost $65 billion, which is of course growing exponentially year over year because most of it's in in investments and things like that. Yep. Yep. And what, what's she going to do with all the money? Right. And I, she's been, pretty timid and like maybe even a little apologetic for most of this time and so you know they've given her a lot of options throughout the lot through these three books as to what she can do and so some examples have been she can put it all in a trust and you know that was kind of discussed heavily in this book she can put it in a trust and the elisa's lawyer agency karen see you use big words like seated control and i'm like what's a lawyer agency called a firm is what i'm looking for <laughs> the, the law firm that represents um i think exclusively the hawthorne estate they can they can take over kind of the the day-to-day running of the financials and of the businesses and you know she can just kind of like be there and sign paperwork if she needs to kind of thing um you know there's there's been discussions about you know putting Grayson in charge or keeping Grayson in charge of the nonprofit sector etc cetera, etc cetera. so anyway in this at one point I'm just going to set it up Grayson comes to her and brings her a notebook and says and I'm paraphrasing but like you're one of us now and so you need to be involved your, your birthday's coming up which is when she's going to inherit all of this officially um you need to partake in the Hawthorne tradition of the, what is it? It's create, cultivate. There's another C in there. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. So like there's this birthday challenge, right? So he brings her the notebook and says, you need to participate in this. So she thinks and she thinks and she thinks. And at the end of that, she has come up with essentially the way she's going to do business once she's in control of the Hawthorne estate. And Karen... Would you like to say what she decides to do? She gives it all away. She gives it all away. She doesn't give it all away, but she gives away like 94% of it. Yeah. Um, and there's another caveat on there. They're going to give it all away and there's a timeline on it. Oh, yes. So it, what is it? Like five years, six years, something five like years, that? Five years, yeah. Five years. They have, they have to have cl- completely given away 94% of the wealth of the Hawthorne estate within six years, because what she doesn't want to see happen is, you know, we're going to set up all these processes and things that kind of dole it out in dribs and drabs while we continue to make a ton of money 
on the back end, right? She's like, no, we need to give it away and do some good. Um, And she's totally right. She's like, you can throw these, like, small amounts of money at a problem and mm -hmm. it will continue to take a million years. Or you can say, hey, cancer research, cancer research, here's $15 billion. Let's ride. Go fix it. Which I love. Same. So so there was that part of it. Now she's keeping 6% of it to keep the estate going, you know, they're, they're not going to be, they're going to be just fine. They're going to live really nice, luxurious lives on that 6%. Yep. Um, and she acknowledges that in the book, right? Um, but then there's a third thing that she decides to do that she kind of impromptu announces on air in a, uh, in an interview. And this was my favorite part. This is what uh, I want to see more of. Me too. Me too. This is my favorite thing of the whole thing too. Yeah. You want to say it? Well, I kind of, I kind of said it in the plot overview. You did, but, but yeah. basically, she's like, "I am going to start running a, a game every year, mm-hmm. and it'll be a little different every year in terms of whether or not anyone can apply or whether or not you receive an exclusive invite. But basically, it's going to be a situation that recreates the magic of the Tobias Hawthorne puzzles mm-hmm. that they've all mm-hmm. solved, and challenge people I to chills. I know I know I chills. challenge so people to like solve an epic series of these Tobias riddles and mm-hmm. win a life-changing amount of money mm-hmm. um which oh my gosh like can we please have all of those books like I know I know I, I, I want every single one of those like even if it's like a short story that's just the individual games that she runs. I love it. Yeah, because the puzzles, I think, are probably my favorite part of all of these books. And the oh, solving for sure. of the puzzles. Yeah. For sure. And, like, I I will tell you, should I tell you my one beef? And, you, and I want you to talk me out of it. Oh, my God. Hit me with your beef. Okay, so this is my one beef with these books. And I won't say that the explanation was unsatisfactory, but I will say that I think we... I feel like we started with that the author started with the idea of what would happen if you were essentially plucked out of obscurity and given all this money, like you were set up as Avery, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was where she started. And I feel like she worked backwards into why she would have been picked. And that was the part that I never felt was entirely satisfactory was no, wait, why did Tobias pick Avery specifically? I agree. Like, it, there does still seem to be a little bit of, like, randomization there. Yes. Like, he explains to her in no uncertain terms in this recording that she finds that basically she has been a pawn all the time, all, all of this time. And the reason he gave her the inheritance instead of his heirs was to put the target on her head and to keep them safe mm-hmm. in the event of this Blake chicanery which did come to fruition and <laughs> chicanery and fruition I'm just saying people <laughs> like I'm just saying I'm sorry I don't know why I'm like this you don't need to apologize I'm like fascinated I'm like my god where do you get all of this it's so good and so he he basically was like you're gonna be the sitting duck like I don't want one of my beloved grandsons to fall prey to Mr. Blake. But 
you're right. Like that being said, it's still a little bit like of all of the people that he had encountered in the world that could <laughs> fill this role. Why right. was it her? <laughs> right. Why, why exactly was her? So, so anyway, that's my one beef. It's a small beef. I've gotten over it. Like it's 45 a fair beef. Times. Okay. Thanks. I feel better. Then. That's a very, it's a valid beef. I just want to say you use words like chicanery and I use words like beef, but whatever. <laughs> They're all important to be. We're, we're well all rounded, valid, fully baked words. <laughs> um, do you have any other favorite things we should discuss? Those were my. F- oh wait, I have one more favorite thing. Yes, Utami. my favorite thing was that with the money. So she does all this good stuff, but she does do some like little things for people. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. It's my favorite thing too. I love this. She buys her goth sister Libby a cupcake truck, which is so cute. <laughs> oh, I, I've been trying to come up with um, business names for Libby and I just, I can't quite land on it. Although now I'm thinking it's some kind of death cab for cupcake situation. I was gonna say cowboy cupcakery. <laughs> Oh, the cupcakery. Does it have like horns coming out of the radiator? It does. And then the logo, it's like a cupcake with a lasso around it. <laughs> oh, Karen, the branding just like brands itself. <laughs> I love Death Cab for Cupcakes a lot. I think that's brilliant. I, I, you won. <laughs> no, no, I like yours. I think I think all of these ideas can succeed. Oh, I just um, loved that Libby got a little something for herself. Well, because... l- listen, Libby got a lot of something, okay? First of all, we know that Libby is not going to have to survive off the makings of that cupcake food truck, okay? You make a good point. <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> this is her hobby now. Second of all, she's going to marry Nash, right? She is. Like, they are so in love. I love Nash. I love Yeah. I love the, the the cowboy and the goth girl have fallen yeah. in love. <laughs> <laughs> a bird and a fish. But where will they live? Um, okay, so our this is a different format than usual because it's a super sleuth. Because <laughs> it's a super sleuth. Do you have any burning questions? Yes. So um, I'm going to dive in. Please do. Darren, we get to have burning questions because there are going to be three more books. Wait, what? Yes. So may I continue reading to you? (laughs) Yeah. I quote, Penguin Random House Children's has snared with a lasso, maybe. You don't say that, but (laughs) that's how I imagine it. Like, like, roofing it in. Yeah. The Brothers Hawthorne and two more books also set in the world of the Inheritance Game series. This is the best day of my life. Right? The Brothers Hawthorne is a standalone title set following the events of the Inheritance Games. It will be followed by two further titles yet to be announced. Um, Avery Graham's, it will feature the Hawthorne's Avery Graham's and their broadening circle of friends and enemies. So Ugh. this is from the bookseller.com. The Hawthorne, the Brothers Hawthorne comes out August 2023. And I saw somewhere that it's going to be set in London. What? OMG. Also, that's your birthday month. I hope it comes out it on is. your birthday. I hope it does too. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> oh, happy birthday in eight months to me. 
That's Thank you, Jennifer Lynn Barnes, for awesome. publishing your books in honor of my birthday. This is the best news ever. I'm so yes. happy. So with that being said, now we get to have, like, queries for the future. Because yeah. it'd be no fun querying if we may never find out. So um, do you you start. Burning question. Where An do incendiary puzzlement. I'm trying, um, to, I'm trying to talk with a big vocabulary now. <laughs> it was really good. Thank it was you. really good. I guess because I like to belabor points. What do you think will happen with Grayson? I guess, well, okay. Mm, Zooming out. Question. What do you think will happen with the love triangle? Do you think that Avery and Jameson will continue to be in love? Because I don't. Mm, you don't? <laughs> no. Say more words. He's just not fully baked yet. He's so immature. Jameson is so deeply immature i don't think he knows what he's doing or what he wants in life and he just i don't think he's a bad person i just no 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 would be also they're like 18 avery's 18 they're no like, they're like babies no yeah. way jose like no so do i think they they're can't forever rent cars yet they're fine no. they're these two are not destined for wedding bells and if they are lord help them i um i okay I agree with your statement and I will say I don't know what is going to happen because I don't entirely know why she put Avery and Jameson together in the first place. But I do completely believe at this point that Avery and Grayson are supposed to be together. (gasps) I don't know if that's going to happen though. Okay. Okay. I, I do think that they're the ones that are supposed to be together. Like, they're, they're, they're endgame, for sure. Do you know what? I just remembered at the end of book two, we had this conversation. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> and we talked to Megan about this as well. And I said, the only way this is resolved is that one of these two brothers is going to die. And I had predicted that one of them would die in this book, and they didn't. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Oh. Uh. I think Jameson is going to die and she's going to end up with Grayson. I don't think so. Okay. I don't, I don't think so because I don't think that either, I don't think Grayson's pride or Avery's conscience would let her switch brothers (laughs) if he died. Now I think if he screwed up big time or, you know, I don't don't know, know. fell in love with somebody else or whatever. I think the opposite, but, I think really? the opposite. I think that if as long as he's alive, she'll never <gasps> betray him. But if Jameson were you to think better of her than I do. If Jameson were to perish and she fell into Grayson's arms mourning the loss of her first boo, things could happen. I don't know. Like, wouldn't you always be like I mean, are you just with me because my brother's dead? <laughs> maybe, but maybe he's just like don't he's qu- like whatever. Don't question it, just be thankful. <laughs> Okay, that was my burning question. Thank All right, you. No, that's a good one. It keeps that's me up at one. night. What are you questioning? I, I guess we can't just be done with Toby and Eve, right? Mm-mm. Like, we're not going to, they just don't like, like the doors of the mansion don't shut over their faces and we never hear from them again, right? Oh, beautiful image. I am with you. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Like, I, I really, I really now am jonesing desperately for an Avery Eve showdown. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to break Toby out of Grand Agile. 
Yeah, Toby is going to find a way to get he yeah, he's going to get out yeah. of there. And and as we previously discussed, I think this is only the start of what we've seen from Eve. I think she is going to turn into like Ursula from Super the villain. Little Mermaid after this. Ooh, or like Ursula was misunderstood. The penguin. I don't know. She's going to mm, like He wasn't. I love the penguin. I just think that she is like going <laughs> to be like, "Oh, you thought I was bad before." Well, now yeah. you've really put my feet to the fire. I'll show you Wait what I can do. Wait till you see what I do with my five-fifths of the... My five-fifths. <laughs> my five-fifths. I, I said it that way for a reason. I, and that was the exact right way to say it, too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> see, you, you know words. I, I know numbers. Five-fifths. I hate numbers. Yeah, you. Mm. I love that you asked this question. I think you're exactly right. Like, I think there's... More to be seen from both of them. Mm, okay. You, your turn. Any further burning questions? Um, I guess this isn't like a, I don't know how to say this, but like, I'm sad because we are pretty confident we have now solved the last of Tobias's puzzles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the, the Tobias games have concluded where it's like, swim to the bottom of the pool and figure mm-hmm. out where this tile is and push it and then it turns into Which a mechanical thing. Which was my thing. favorite part by the way. It was so freaking cool. Like the whole bottom so of the good. pool was clockwork. A clockwork yeah. chessboard that you could only see through a certain le- like what? It yeah. was And it was only going to work one time. If she once. had failed to get that thing out of it, it was over. She almost drowned trying she to get it out. She almost drowned it. It was yeah. <laughs> so good. So like we have been rocketed through these plots via Toby's, T- Tobias's amazingly complicated, smart puzzles. And we don't have any more of them. And so, like, I don't know. I know that Avery is going to host these games every year and work with people who knew his puzzles to try to, like, keep the joy and magic of those alive. But, like, is it still going to be fun without a Tobias puzzle? Yes, and may I tell you why I think that? I felt so relieved to hear you say that. This is like very good. Me, this is like when I call authority. you late at night, and I'm like, my mouth feels funny. Am I dying? And you go, no. And then I feel better. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Please like when tell I call me. you, and I'm like, did I unplug my hair dryer? And you're like, yes, without question. Right. Have a nice day. Your house is not going to burn down. You're fine. <laughs> <sighs> is Ollie okay? Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, tell me about the future. So I let me tell you why. First of all, she wouldn't write a book that didn't involve a puzzle like this. But I will do you one better. Okay. Tobias has spent the last 25 years of his life teaching his grandsons how to think like him. Oh, my God. And so just because Tobias is gone the way he thinks is not <gasps> Kelly that this, was this concludes so my insight beautiful see you're like you have the best vocabulary ever you have the best mind ever like also oh, Karen that's not true but thank you it is it, this is like when you do that it would have been awesome if in the Nancy Drew episodes and I'm like how does your brain work like this you are so good at seeing around oh, corners you. and having oh, deep so nice. insight it's true. Well, Karen, you know what? We should, like, if we teamed up, we could really have something. 
well should we do like a podcast it's maybe this podcast (laughs) yeah (laughs) nailed it (laughs) (laughs) okay so i think we should move on to our rating okay all right so karen this week we are rating the final gambit out of 12 possible brooding brothers (laughs) i wish there were 12 of them (laughs) i'll take four though four is good enough (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh what sayest thou how many brothers do you give this mm, 10 10 why birding, 10 defend brothers. your answer i really loved this book i loved mm. it but kelly lord have mercy on my soul it was so complicated <laughs> i have a, okay so i have a whiteboard in my office i work from home and i am not even kidding you i had to whiteboard <laughs> parts of this book i have were you like homelanding this board yeah also actually i'll take a picture of it to post on the instagram i have two two full family trees drawn on my whiteboard of the hawthorne family and the laughlin family yeah oh no there's a third one it's small but the blake family and how they intersect and like what like i i had to do some work to understand this but yeah actually as i'm saying this that feels very accurate for this book, though. What does? Like, Working having to hard? whiteboard it and, like, solve all of this. So No, it feels perfectly on brand. Like, I think that's what you're supposed to do. Okay, so you know what, then? I I stand corrected. I see the error of my ways. I'm uh, 12 brooding brothers. <laughs> oh, you, I mean, you, I thought we were going to get to 11, maybe. I am going to give you're it. You're going full 12. I'm going to give it the two back because I realized that the work that I had to do was very reminiscent of the work that everyone in the book had to do to solve these mysteries so that's exactly good all right good karen thank you for going through that journey with me what what did did you rate this book i gave it 12 brooding brothers (gasps) a perfect score from both sisters No (laughs) no notes um it was i think it was my favorite of the three Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe that's just because I like a conclusion, but like, uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, I liked seeing Avery like own her power, own her th- authority. Like she finally quit apologizing yes. for like what she was somehow doing to the to the family. It's mm-hmm. like, no, mm-hmm. they they did this to you. Like they did this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, she took agency over the whole situation. You know, she finally stopped like how do i say this i love that she finally went you know what if you're gonna put me in this position and my whole life is out the window whether it was great or otherwise okay i'm gonna make some decisions and i'm gonna i'm gonna do it my way oh beautiful that is so so true that is so yeah, true i loved it um i would at some point really love to see these three books be re-released in like a different um edition style like a um like almost a a coffee book table like coffee table book size that mm-hmm. could have like fold out whiteboard pages like with a big fold out family tree and where you could like take the letters out of envelopes and stuff like that like i i want it to be the experience to be more interactive um i also think this would be a great spinoff for like a video game oh yes or those like murder mystery games that you can play with people 
Yes. Like, you could invite six friends over and play a Hawthorne game. Oh. Why yes. are we revealing all of our marketing ideas? I don't know. We have so many good <laughs> ideas for other people's stuff. Like, we'll I don't want to break this it. into Nancy Drewville. Um, I don't want to make it, but I want to buy it. <laughs> I don't want to make it at all. Like, I support somebody else making it. And if you could send me a free one, that would be great. Um. <laughs> Kelly, we've done it. Welcome to the finale of our super sleuth. We are going to take a short break from the holidays. And Karen, we did not discuss the next date, but I'm thinking we're going to take a couple weeks off. That would be so good. Our next episode is going to not be out now until January 19th. Yep, works for me. So, y'all have plenty of time to take a break, too, and then get caught up with us. If You should go find your next Nancy Drew book that we're going to be reading, which is a perfect segue into... What are we reading next, Karen? Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, the next Nancy Drew book is called Nancy Drew and the Mystery at the Ski Jump. Shoop. I popped my pee for emphasis um the cover is super cute we are absolutely at like a little ski resort place a chalet we oui. and it involves I, I read a brief overview of this i i don't know much but involves canada mm, foreign countries a woman illegally selling fur Ooh, well, i wonder what her one identifying characteristic is going to be Probably the color of her hair. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, but it also involves identity theft. So the illegal fur-selling woman is pretending to be <gasps> Nancy Drew. Oh, I love it. So she must have Titian hair. <laughs> <laughs> she must. <laughs> She's that Titian-haired Nancy lookalike. Yeah, but it looks... Slightly low of timbre of voice. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really good. It's it's. I can't wait. Definitely I like a more... I don't think I've read this one before. I definitely have not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, well, friends, happy early holidays, however Yay. you may or may not celebrate. And if you are so inclined, please do us a little holiday solid and rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, and find us on Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast. And if you are so inclined, you could become a Helen Corning friend on Patreon, which is... There's an idea. Yeah, it's it's basically just a bestie of the show. We love Helen and we love you. Um, we'll give you a shout out on the show when you become a patron. And you can do things like vote on upcoming Super Sleuth titles, like the one we talked about literally today. So if you hated today's episode, you should definitely become a Patreon. <laughs> So you and can influence things in the future. Yes, override the future <laughs> votes. <laughs> and Karen, remember what we learned today in the final gambit. What? What? It's better to have loved Grayson than never to have loved Grayson at all. <laughs> oh, was that for me? I love him so much. <laughs> and with that, happy sleeping. <laughs> It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. <laughs>